Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Leafs podcast. One-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio. Also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. Get me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. All right. So yesterday's podcast, we went through and we did the first half of the NHLPA players poll. We revealed the answers and we discussed them and talked about them. We said what we th- who we thought was the answer to each question and then discussed it. Pretty good conversations came out from it with uh, with Nathan Cantor. And here's the second half of that conversation. Uh, so here it is, me and uh, Nate Cantor, as we continue our discussion about the NHLPA's player poll. Let's continue here. Who is the most complete player in the NHL? Complete player nate this is one where i want you to guess i got one of two guesses and it's actually a tie oh is it a tie it's a tie at the top spot yeah i mean i might have this wrong but i gotta think players it's guys they respect and it's i'm gonna say crosby and bergeron those are the two names as the most complete players in the nhl yeah, I, I'm not too – I mean, those are both guys who – they check the boxes, right? First off, they it's funny. It's funny that I think them having won cups actually really gets them votes when that doesn't necessarily define a complete player. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong there, but I feel like their winning pedigree, even though it's a team sport, their winning pedigree helps get them the like. The, the, no well, doubt, what, what helps them win? Like being well, a no. complete so, player, playing a full two hundred foot game, right? Like their game this, helps them win. Now, is this different though than Selkie? Like, who's your Selkie guy? Is that a different question? Yeah, that's hundred percent. Well, I don't. The Selkie's not here, but I mean, most complete isn't necessarily isn't necessarily like the Selkie, I suppose. Um, cause I don't think like it, to be a Selkie winner, like you don't have to be like an offensive dynamo to be a Selkie winner. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like you have to be good. I, you have to be like a top six guy, but you yeah. definitely don't have to be, you know, like Austin Matthews level goal scorer to be considered for a Selkie. Whereas as a most complete player, I think you do have to have, you have to be just as good on the offensive side as you are on the defensive side. And, like, I, we'll take a look at the names through the rest of this list, and you'll say, yeah, yeah, actually, these guys are all pretty well balanced. right?" So, so I get where I was going, where my question is, is exactly there, is where is Mark Stone? Not because here. Not there at all. Because I, I think if Mark Stone, A, was a center, <laughs> and B, had won a cup, then he's in the conversation for in terms of peers, in terms of votes. I think he's right there with Crosby. I think he is just as a complete player right now as Crosby and Bergeron. But I think that sets him back is that he hasn't won yet. I see. I don't see it because I mean, Mark Stone, Mark Stone's like really good. Like Mark Stone's elite, right? But 
his skating isn't great. And, you know, he, he's not like a franchise goal scorer either. Whereas guys like but Crosby... But is Bergeron? Yeah, Bergeron for sure. He's had like, I mean, what, 30, 40 goal seasons? A few 30 goal seasons, rather. I'll have to quickly look it up. But yeah, Bergeron's definitely had like a few 30 goal seasons. Well, so is Stone, no? Mm, see, Mark Stone's an interesting one. I mean, if you want to quickly look up Mark Stone's stats while I look up Bergeron's stats, okay. we can compare them. So Bergeron has scored uh, 30 goals once, twice, three times, four times, five times. So five-time 30-goal scorer. He's got 375 goals in his career. So what? how many 30 goals? Well, Actually, sorry, six-time 30-goal scorer because he also scored 30 in his uh, – his, his second year. So one, what? Yeah. two, three, I mean, and four, he, five, he's six. how old, though? That's the, He's probably at least five years older than Stone, which is, again, where, you know, that experience, not winning, but, I mean, the, the respect from your peers, you know, you respect your elders, right? Sure. Like, those votes are – Crosby's been around longer. Stone's only 29. He's had – yeah, he's had <laughs> – he's had multiple 20-goal seasons. Yeah, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But he's had in Ottawa, like he had 62 points in 58 games, 62 points in 59 games. So he's a point of game guy. Um, oh, sorry, split between Ottawa and Vegas. He had a 130 goal season because if you add Ottawa and Vegas, 33 goals. And then last year, 63 points in 65. Like to me, he's a point of game guy for the past five years. Yeah, he's so- he's incredibly well rounded. But you look at like who is the most like well-rounded who's the best let me see exactly how this is worded as most complete well he doesn't check all the boxes mark stone because again this isn't a selkie is most complete in order to be a complete player like you have to be a great skater a great puck handler great on uh you know great uh defensively high hockey iq and i think the skating holds a guy like mark stone back from being on this list because yeah, he doesn't check that box. I, I, I agree. His skating isn't great, but like I don't see Bergeron as a great skater either. Not that it's bad, but I agree. Bergeron skates better than Stone. But I just I feel like the people voting on this, they you know, the like players. Crosby, Bergeron, it's... yeah, and the players. Well, they're thinking gold medals, yeah, you know, winning cups and long playoff runs, like as as the prime examples. And, and I don't want to make this sound like I'm complaining that like Stone should be on this list. But um, I'm I'm just surprised. I think they respect Stone, and so I'm surprised he's not he's not in the top five. Is is that the deal? He is not in the top. What do we got here? Six. Not in the top six. No, I got, think it's because he's not a center. It, it very well could be because there are, you know five or all six of these players here are centermen. So you got Crosby, Bergeron, they got Barkov. Coming in in third, okay, at fourteen okay. percent. McDavid at seven percent. McKinnon at five and a half percent, and Andre Kopitar at four and a half percent. Yeah, it's fun. We've talked about Barkov in the past about. <laughs> I th- I think it was underrated, right? Yeah, the and, the most overrated, underrated player of all right? time because no one underrates him anymore. And clearly, yeah. coming in as the third most complete player in the NHL based on NHL player standards. I don't think you can call him underrated anymore. He is he is a superstar in the league. Everyone knows it, and he's finally getting the recognition for it, which is great to see. Yeah. Is there an underrated question? 
coming up or no? Uh, well, let's uh, let's find out. Let's move on because we spent definitely t- <laughs> we we kind of went on a tangent there about Mark Stone for whatever reason. <laughs> Uh, in conversation with Nathan Cantor as we continue looking through the NHL player or NHLPA player polls, and we're still on our on ice segment. We're gonna end up breaking this up into two different podcasts here. Um, so <laughs> the next question here: If you need to win one game, who is the one player, any position you would want on Ooh. your team? You can pick goalies. Any position. Ah. Who do you think the players chose, and who did you- I think that I think they chose the best players in the world. So I'm going to say, like based off the season McDavid had, probably McDavid. Yeah, McDavid first place, thirty six point seven five percent of the vote. Crosby coming in at second. McKinnon, Bergeron, Vasilevsky, with four and a half percent, and then Patrick Kane at three and a half percent. Any of those names yeah. surprise you? It doesn't surprise me. Those guys are, no. are pretty talented. I mean, Austin Matthews, I think, is pretty close to putting himself in this category where, like, maybe next year if he takes a leap and continues what he did in this short year in a full season next year, maybe he he puts himself in that category. But I can't think of another guy who I'm like, maybe Hedman, um, you know, as just yeah. like that ox of a defenseman, get, get Hedman in there. Um, and he can just kind of take over and control a game kind of the way that Eric Carlson was able to do back when he played with the Senators. But I think that's that's pretty well bang on with those players there. I think it is too. And I, and I think, again, it's hard to pick a defenseman when you're thinking you got one player, right, to make yeah. a difference. Yeah. You're winning one. It's just a bias towards towards forwards for sure because um, you can, you know, make more of an impact on the score sheet and, and you can only win the game if you score more than the opponent. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not surprising that it's those guys and that most of them are centermen again. I guess I'm, I'm a little surprised Kane, Kane made it. Not uh, Again, he's one of those guys who definitely has a lot of respect amongst the, the league, um, but I just thought it would be more similar to you know one player. I thought it would be similar to, to most complete. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, in, in general, those names make sense for sure. Best stick handler in the NHL. Who do you think? Ooh. Ooh. See, I think I'm, again, going to go based off, because my first thought went Matthews, but but no, because I think it's got to be someone with more respect, (laughs) more of a vet. (laughs) Stick handler, I think hands. I think Patrick Kane. Are, do, so are you say, looking at the list? Are, no. are you looking at the list? Be honest. I'm not looking at the list. Oh, you got I, it right. So Patrick okay. Kane, 49.48% of the vote. Say Patrick Kane, the best tick handler in the NHL. And I know you're not looking at the list. That is the right answer, <laughs> I would say. Like Kane, that that's what he's known for, right? Like having the yeah. best hands. Yes. and Yeah, exactly. Stick stick handling is hands for sure. Um I, I I'm interested the other the other names I don't I don't know I don't like Matthews I would guess Matthews is there but I might be wrong he is there he is fourth okay. with two and a half percent Connor McDavid coming in at second which shouldn't surprise anybody either at twenty five percent your boy Nate McKinnon at seven and a half percent coming in at third this one 
surprise me because it's a player pull, right? Think about this as a player pull. Matt Barzell coming in. Mm. Yes, top five at 1.47%. Matty Barzell getting some love around the NHL. And then Sasha. Yeah, and then Sasha Barkov coming in as well um, at 1.26%. So uh, a little surprised that Marner didn't get some love here. (laughs) You know what? I might be wrong. I don't think Marner has that much respect amongst his fellow peers. Is is my that's what I'm going to go to directly. That I might be wrong. It's just a hunch. <laughs> so are you I, are you basically saying that you think that these player polls are popularity contests? <laughs> Maybe a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like what you're uh, what you're saying here. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock Auto are always reliably low and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Uh, all right, <laughs> moving on here. Best passer. I'm going to say Kane. So close. Kane is 20.3% in second, but the first place has 20.7% of the votes, just edging him out. I'll give you one more guess. I'd be somewhat surprised if you get it, though, to be honest, and that's a little bit of a hint. Hmm. You'd be surprised if I got it. So that means it's not a best passer. I mean, Marner's a good passer, but I don't think he makes it because I what I just said. Um, he is, actually. He's fifth on this list. Oh, he does? Yes. Fifth. I wonder, what's the percentage? 5.71%. Oh, so he got more than a few because 5%, that's yeah. you know, 20-something votes. Yeah. Um, Sydney passer, passer McDavid? No. Oh, you said it's not obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's Nick Backstrom. Oh, okay. Another again, another vet who's won. <laughs> but but it makes sense. Like when you think yeah. about Backstrom, yeah. you think about Ovechkin also. Like what makes Ovechkin or what's made his career so easy is having a guy like Backstrom feeding him pucks his entire career. Yeah, for right? sure. So I think that makes a lot of sense that uh, that Nick Backstrom is is the one of the best passers in the NHL and gets that respect from from the guys around the league. So Kane coming in at second, Dreisaitl coming in at third with 18%, Connor McDavid at 9%, Marner at 5%, and Crosby uh, just under 5% himself. All right, let's move on to the personality list now uh, as we still continue to go through our NHL PA player polls. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of Locked on Leafs, and joining me is Nathan Cantor. As we continue going through all this, uh, so personality polls. So, which player do you think was voted to have the most unique tape job? Sorry, what? 
unique <laughs> tape job. I don't get. I don't expect you to to, to get this one. Obviously, I I I don't keep track of I, I would have to know who who exactly. i'm not the one voting but i would need to have previous knowledge of <laughs> like the only person i can think of who has a weird tape job off the top of my head is jamie ben like yeah. he has just like a bit in the middle if i remember correctly yeah and he's on this list he is on the list he's not number one okay. number one is pasternak who has the most egregious tape job ever i swear the guy just like half drunk just like goes boop 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 boop, boop and and only gets half of his stick covered um, it just doesn't make any sense. So he's got, and most unique, I think, is basically most egregious tape job is pretty well, I yep. think, what uh, what the, the NHLers are doing because Pasternak has the most egregious tape job of all time. Timmy Stew, the rook, coming in at 19%, which, again, really bizarre hmm. because only six other teams actually played Stutzla this year to see that tape job live in person. I'm surprised enough people thought about Stutzla um, to, to use him. Highlights. I guess so. I, apparently. <laughs> it must be, like, the only thing, I, it must be really weird. Like, really weird. Well, so, like, they, there's little photos of it on the NHLPA website, and mm. it just looks like, uh, you know, like... Um, it's kind of just like it's not even real tape. It's kind of a, a piece of tape across the blade, not wrapped around it, but across along the bottom. You know, like how they kind of like, new school. Like on one side, it just like goes along. Yeah, like a new school, like where the the puck is. You know, like that new school tape yeah. job. Yeah, so that yeah, like, yeah. that's what he's using. Uh, and then Gusev at seven uh, percent, Panarin at six percent, and Kevin Fiala at two point two five percent. Most fashionable. Did yeah. you see this one? No, I've no. Oh, I sorry, I did. I saw first, right? And and I'm not too surprised. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's Austin Matthews, AM34. Yeah. I mean, the guy is a fashionista. I'm I'm a little surprised actually that William Nylander did not make his way on this list, but Austin Matthews for sure. This guy was always arriving in style, um, always nice suit. Uh, when they finally allowed them to wear like not suits to the game like regular clothing <laughs> he he was like russell westbrook out there just showing up in all this you know fancy gear all the time and looking looking swag as hell looking fresh so austin matthews got uh got the number one spot at 21 percent david pasternak at 11 percent okay pk gotta be yeah pk suban at six percent henrik lungfist at five percent which he makes the poll, right? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised because he didn't play this year. Not his fault, obviously. But yeah, no, yeah. No. anyway, uh, Crystal Tang, four and a half, and uh, Rupee Hints at 2.52%. Listen, there was 397 votes for this one. I feel like every single Dallas star must have voted for Hints for him to, to land as like a top vote getter on this to, to land the top six uh, on this. Uh, you know, that that's funny though. That I'm assuming that sounds like less than the other. Why did a hundred people not vote? <laughs> I don't know because they just probably don't care about these ones. Like, yeah. me, which is funny. So you Fair. have 397 people who vote for most fashionable, but 450 voted for which player has the most unique slash egregious tape job because they wanted to make sure that they got their <laughs> man out there and people knew who's got awful, awful tape jobs. Uh, so, yeah, 
Matthews taking the crown from the king, Henrik Lundqvist, who I believe since, uh, yeah, since the 1819 season, he's held this award. So that's what, three years in a row? 18, 19, 19, 20, two years. Okay, so after back-to-back years, Lundqvist had it and uh, gave up the crown to the king of Toronto, Austin Matthews. All right, most superstitious player. So Sidney Crosby got this one. Okay, I was going to say, I have heard that. Yes, extremely superstitious at 27.35. Frolik gets number two at 5%. Cogliano at 4%, Perry at 4.5%, Sammy Gerrard at 2.95%. The one name that I was really surprised not to see on this list, and I'd be curious to see if we both have the same name in mind, and it's it's because he does play in the Canadian division. Is there somebody who you thought maybe would be on this list that is not of the names I just said? Uh, No, I don't know who... Have it's you probably a goalie? Yeah. Have you ever seen Connor Hellebuck's pregame? Oh no, I actually haven't. Okay, so usually like before a Jets game, they'll show like his pregame ritual. So he'll go out onto the bench and stuff after he's like taped up his stick, and he'll sit there and his eyes just go wild. Like he like plays the game in his head and like follows a puck on the ice, and you'll see his eyes just bug out. Like it is super bizarre. But he does this before every game and, and for that reason I, I i thought that you know that that's a weird superstition to do like a weird routine that he has so i i thought that he would have been up there for sure but uh well apparently not apparently well cory perry uh, is more superstitious which makes sense because he's a vet along those lines though is it not surprising that not one goalie is in the top five like you yeah because goalies goalies are voodoo man goalies are voodoo yeah. as hell yeah, that is that surprising. Is, that is weird. Um, all right, last category, which these are, what is it, just three here? Yeah, so it's a couple of yes-no questions and then a reverse retro. So, okay, we'll start with the reverse retro. So they were asked, which reverse retro jersey was your favorite? Um, and it, was it you? No, I think I had somebody else on. I think we had Nick McVicker on as we, uh, when the reverse retros got announced and they, revealed them all. I think we did like a rankings or a tier rankings for the jerseys this year. And uh, I don't remember what I had as number one. I think I had the Ducks as the number one because they went with like the old Mighty Ducks thing. I like them. And the Ducks do come in in sixth place here. But surprisingly, uh, you know, there are apparently five other jerseys that players felt were nicer than the Ducks uniforms. Who do you think came in at number one, though? Number one, I got to admit, I saw. Okay. I'm very happy. I'm happy. The, I'm gonna. Do you I agree? One. Sorry. So it's the Colorado Avalanche for for yes. those. Who, yeah. Do you agree with it though? I wow. I'm biased. I love them. I absolutely love them. And and I think wow. it's going to be along the same pattern for the other ones in that you're paying homage to to previous history. I think I think players like that when you when you go for a previous. You know the history of the league, other teams, and and you can't you can't just do that. You you know you got to kill it. You got to make it look nice and and crispy, <laughs> nice and like their jerseys. The the Nord Ode to the Nordiques is unbelievable. As is the Wild, and I'm gonna guess that the Wild also made it in the top five. Yes, they were fourth. The L.A. Kings with their old purple gear okay. in second. 
And then the Calgary Flames with the the flame, oh. I forget his name, but the the dragon dude, the black one with the dragon. I'm surprised. I'm not because I love those jerseys. I also thought this was like a top three reverse retro jersey. I didn't care about the paying homage or history. I just cared about what it looked like. And I felt that the Flames, I love, like back when they used this jersey, I loved the look of them. Like absolutely loved them. And when I heard that they were bringing it back for the reverse retro, I was like, oh, let's go. Like that's sick. And, uh, they they look sweet out there on the ice. I think there's just something about the the black and black yeah. orange yet like that those that color scheme looks so good together. It really does. Um, so I, I definitely like that Calgary was up there, but also somewhat I guess a little bit surprised that other people felt that way. Surprisingly, the Florida Panthers uh, was up there, and it's really not that long ago that they had the the Panther as the jersey. Like I think it was like literally yeah. five years ago that this. Jersey that was there, reverse retro was uh, was there. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on your sports action. The NHL playoffs are in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, and more. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign in today. Use a promo code Locked On and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code Locked On for 50% off your first deposit at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Two more yeah. questions here. And uh, and then we'll we'll quickly wrap this up here. Uh, so they were asked, "Would you like to see regional divisions carried forward?" So uh, let me see what it, this reads here. I'd need to know more. Like, what do they mean exclusively? Only playing within your division? I think so. Uh, an NHL season unlike any other, temporary realignment and a schedule consisting of all games played within division were key components of the regular season. Um, yeah, so I think that's what it's asking. Like, do you want these regional divisions carried forward? I think basically all that would mean is like the Canadian division because the rest of them, like, we think about regional, they're already done based on regional, right? Mm-hmm. Like the East and West, and like they're done based on regional. The only difference here was the Canadian division. Um, now, whether or not this means, do you want to just have literally these like divisional games and and have it be the exact same way? Maybe that's what they meant. Regardless, the answer yeah. was no. Overwhelmingly, sixty eight percent said no. They do not want to see this carried forward. We want to go back to the way that it was with the Atlantic Metro, the Central and the Pacific divisions. And look, I was a a kind of a fan of this because I thought the Canadian division was going to be really cool, you know, watching McDavid play like nine times in Toronto and and you know, getting to see the Canucks play quite a bit. I thought this was going to be a really fun season and and all of Canada get to watch, you know, Canada v Canada every single night. And it kind of blew up in the face. Like, it just wasn't, it didn't live up to the expectations that we thought it was going to. And, you know, maybe the no fans played into that a little bit here. But I, I got to agree. I, I think it should just revert and go back to the way that it was. It was, 
a, a fun idea in theory, but when it actually played out, I don't think he, it was as much as a home run as, as people thought it'd be. Yeah, no, I definitely, I think fans did have a big part of that um, or a lack of lack of that, but there's no, I agree with everything you just said. Like, yeah, because I'm awesome. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one here as we wrap this bad boy out. Uh, would you like to see series-style schedules carried forward? What do you think the answer for this one was? Yes or no? So series-style as in like baseball. So like the way they did it this year where they played like two, three yeah. games in a row against the same team and then moved on. Yeah, like uh, baseball. I got to say, yeah, because I'm assuming they do that, like cut down on travel is my my assumption. So I'm going to say players are in favor of that. And they are 66%. So like quite overwhelmingly, 66 to yeah. to 63% in favor of keeping the, uh, the schedule, the series style schedule, um, which definitely makes for a lot less travel and, and more rest makes a lot for, makes for better, uh, you know, better legs, you know, fresher legs. Like there was a lot of discussion. Like I, I got into a heated argument with a, a buddy of mine. It was like in a group text, so a few buddies of mine about McDavid's season and like if he could replicate this um, in any other year. And a big reason why the uh, a couple people said no that they he they don't think he can is because this year, unlike any other, the rest was abundantly more than any other year and the legs were more fresh than ever before. So in that way, unless they replicated that kind of rest and that type of travel schedule through an 82 game season, um, the thought is that McDavid won't be able to be at optimum level unless they continue this. So, yeah. Hmm. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what ends up happening. I think it'd be cool, and, and that is something I think is is possible too, right? Yeah, I mean, this I, is probably more of a, a, a. We could probably have a pretty deep and long conversation about this, like later in the off season. But I think this would be something that's definitely possible and something I probably would be in favor of. But there are also going to be some negatives to it, you know. Like if let's say the Maple Leafs are going into a a uh, a division battle against uh, the the Boston Bruins, and all of a sudden now your goaltender goes down. Like next year, Jack Campbell gets hurt, and he's out the entire three-game series. I mean, that could be really detrimental when it comes down to a playoff race where you lose him for those three games, and you lose your starting goalie, and you go 0-3 because you had to shove, you know, as of now, it'd be Michael Hutchinson. I'm thinking they'll get another goalie, but you had to put Michael Hutchinson in net for those three games in a row against the uh Boston Bruins and they took six points off you yeah yeah that's uh that's an interesting point for sure I I think I yeah I I think maybe I'm wrong I feel like the reason they haven't done in the past isn't it tough to schedule it that way oh I'm sure it it is yeah difficult like that's the only reason because I I just see so many more benefits then I, I agree your situation that you just said isn't ideal, but that's <laughs> got to be that's 
right? Like goalies can get hurt at any time, and it, and it's already well, just, a thing. I, I just and use you, a player. Like you can use any player, yeah. Matthews, Marner, whoever. Like you use any player, and instead of just missing like the one divisional game, now you're missing yeah. three games against that opponent, mm-hmm. and you're allowing them to, you know, pick up easier points in a in a divisional race. You know, like that. That's the only thing. I and and. You're right, and and I wonder if they will be able to schedule it this way going forward because, you know, now that we're getting back to normal around the world, you're going to see concerts coming back. You're going to see, you know, other sporting events going into these arenas, um, and that's going to make it so much more difficult to to schedule, right? You don't have carte blanche. Like, the Leafs aren't going to have carte blanche at what happens at the Scotiabank Center, right? Hopefully next year the Raptors are back, and now that's, like, another 40-some-odd games that you're—or 40-some-odd ga- days that you're going to have to um, compare seasons and try and schedule around, which yeah. may not allow them to do these, you know, three-game series within, like, a four- or five-day span. Yeah, for sure. That's I didn't even think about that, but of course, you you got right. You're not the only tenant yeah. in all those buildings. Exactly. Sure. Or even you know, like the Beebs comes to town. The Beebs, best <laughs> friend of of Austin Matthews. Austin awesome Matthews. Did you exactly. see that they were at the UFC fight over the weekend? I well, I saw. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't ESPN not know that it was Austin Matthews with him? Like they, t- <laughs> I saw them tag just Bieber. And it's like Bieber with some guy. <laughs> I mean, it's ESPN, man. Although that being said, they did just buy the rights, so they They're probably sh- yeah. So they should know who Austin Matthews is, or they should be reading up on it and figuring out yeah. real quick Maybe that next that man time they post it. <laughs> yeah, that guy with the mustache is is the best goal scorer for the product that you just spent half a billion dollars on. You probably should know. You probably should. Yeah. Get reading, Stephen A. Smith. Wait a second. Oh, I definitely have that uh, that sound clip about the Leafs. I'm going <laughs> to insert that into this podcast, and I'm going to insert that right here. Those Toronto Maple Leafs right there are the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys of Canada. Just failures on an epic level every year. So... Stephen A. Smith, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, <laughs> Nate, thank you so much for uh, for joining. Oh, actually, one last quick, quick thing. Did you happen to see what Jeff Bayette, uh finished his project? Did you happen to see what he did? No. So you're, you you follow Jeff on, on Twitter, I assume? I do. Right, so a lot for, of good takes. Yeah, Je- Jeff Fayette, long time. Um, I think he was what Maple Leafs hot stove for a long time, and now he's with uh, like Face Off Circle or whatever. But always a uh, big time Leaf guy. He's been reporting on the Leafs for for like as long as I can remember. Long time, long yeah. time, long time. Uh, so if you're a Leaf fan, and, and which you are, if you're listening to this to this, you probably know who Jeff Fayette is. Um, created an NHL 2004 video arcade game. Like from scratch, like he went and bought an old, uh, like an old Marvel game, like the ones that are at like the arcades, like in the, in a movie theater, with like yeah. a joystick and buttons and stuff, and he somehow re like configured it into NHL 04. How do you even do that? Yeah, great question, and I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm going to get him on the podcast to go yeah. over it 
But for those who who want to check it out, he actually wrote about how he did it in this process on his website. So you can go check his uh, go check his Twitter out at Jeff Byatt. Um, he's got it in his pinned tweet. It's his article about how he went about it, and it's a video. He shows a video also of like the video game. It's super super cool, man. Like that is a one hell of a project and like it got so much publicity from like spitting chicklets um I, I believe nhl put it on their instagram and as far as he knows it's like the only nhl 2004 video arcade game known to man like the only one on earth and he created this and then you know basically gave like the open source wave like hey this is how i did it you can go do it now too and do it with whatever game you want which is just super super cool um, I want to get him on the on the pod and like see what gave him this idea to do this and how did he know that he could uh, that this was even possible? Like technology blows my mind, man. Like this yeah. game was 17 years old, and he just like took it, put it into an old video game arcade system, revived it, and now he's just like chilling in his bedroom playing NHL 04, um, <laughs> like the coolest way possible. It's awesome. That, that's on unreal. Massive shout out to him. That, yeah, that's. Like ten out of ten. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reach out to him and, and see if we can get him on the pod to, to talk about it. Talk about the process and uh, I, like. I, I'm also just curious, but like, bro, like, what, what did that cost to do something like that? Like, I'm straight up curious. I might. I might not ask him that on the spot on the pod, but man, like, I'm <laughs> curious what a project like that would cost too. It's just. Super, super cool. So go check that out on Twitter for those uh, who are interested in something like that. But that is going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Lockdown Leafs. And uh, Nate, where can they follow you for your hockey takes? Yes, my hockey takes uh, at Nathan Cantor 11. Cantor is K A N T E R. Uh, mostly t- tweet now about uh, junior hockey <laughs> uh, with the, the Salmon Arm Silverbacks, uh, the team I work for. But, uh, you know, playoffs are going on. I'll, I'll have some, some takes, some avalanche takes and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, at Nathan Cantor 11. Really appreciate joining, uh, joining the show, buddy. Thanks for having me on. I will be back with another episode tomorrow, but until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.